0: That's what we're talking about is creating the right atmosphere. And Last week we talked about how that praise and worship will create the right atmosphere and how that David shifted his atmosphere with praise and how that Paul and Silas shifted their atmosphere with praise and God sent a mighty earthquake. Today I want to talk to you about that our attitude, the spirit in which we conduct ourselves, can create the right atmosphere for us. It has been said that attitudes, that its roots are inward and its fruits are outward. It's our best friend or our worst enemy. It's a thing which draws people to us or repels them. Attitude is the librarian of the past. It is the speaker of the present. And it is the prophet of our future. Paul said some very important things concerning attitude in Ephesians 4. And notice with me in verse 21 through 23. And I want us to read together. Ready, read, go ahead. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth that is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to its deceitful lust verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we see very quickly here that there are some things that we're to put off we're to put off the behavior of the old man because we are not who we used to be we are now in fact new creations in christ jesus the amplified says having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude god's word translation says that you were taught to have a new attitude and of course the voice says this let god renew your attitude and renew your spirit So there's this putting off, and then there's this putting on. Notice verse 24. Let's read together. Verse 24, Ephesians 4. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now what Paul is talking about here is this. He's not talking about putting off natural clothes. He's talking about putting on off the behavior of the old man and putting on something supernaturally. Amen. See, this new man is you. In other words, God is saying to us, if you need to change clothes, it's time to change clothes. And what does that mean to us? Well, it could mean for some of us, that means we need to change our lifestyle. We need to change the way that we think. We need to change the way that we talk. We need to change the direction we're going in. We need to change some of the people we're hanging out with. How many of you know your friends can help you create a good atmosphere or a bad atmosphere? And so we need to choose our friends wisely. How many of you know when you have the right people in your life, the right people will add to you. They will not subtract from you. They will be honest with you. They will put something into you. They will not take something out of you. Can I hear a hearty amen? Amen. And the other thing that a good friend will do, a good friend will walk in when the rest of the world walks out. And a good friend, a God friend, a glorious connection, a friend like that is closer than a brother. He sticks with you during all seasons of life. And a good friend will help you to move forward. So if you need to change friends and you don't know where to find new friends, find some friends right here in the church. Come on. And then perhaps we need to put off some things that we've been taking in and put on some new things and take in the Word of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, the Bible says, take heed what you hear. For with what value you place on what you hear, more shall be given. Proverbs tells us, attend to the word, incline your ear to his sayings, let them not depart from before thine eyes, for God's word is life to those that find them, and God's word is health and healing to all their flesh. You see, what are we consuming? What are we allowing ourselves to take in? Whatever you eat will become a part of you. I like what Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So sometimes what we need to do, all of us, we need to check up what have we been listening to? What are we consistently looking at? What kind of music will fill our mind? Are you listening to me? Paul said, if you want to go into 2020 and put off the old and put on the new, there's got to be some changes. In other words, there's got to be some clothing changes. How many of you know that our other clothes that we wore before Christ were stinky and dirty? But not only did our clothes stink, they don't fit anymore. It's not fitting for a new creation in Christ Jesus to use God's name in vain. It's not fitting for a new creation in Christ Jesus to be drunk. It's not fitting for new creations in Christ Jesus to belittle and to backbite. Listen, filthiness, neither foolish jesting are not convenient for new creations in Christ Jesus. Turn your filthiness and turn your foolish talk into the high praises of God and put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. We need to get some new clothes on this new man. So the question would be, how do you do that? Well, we do it, number one, by something happening up here in our mind. Like a good friend of mine said, change starts at the top. But not only do we need a change in our thinking, but we need a change in our speaking. Now, in verse 24, in the passage translation, it says this, And be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you as your new life and in union with Him. Now, where have we seen that word transformed before? Can somebody help me? Romans chapter 12. You're exactly right. In verse two, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed according to the word, it will show you the difference between the way of the world and the way of the word. And therefore it becomes our choice. I'm going God's way. I'm going the word's way. I'm no longer going to be conformed to the spirit of this age. I'm going to be conformed to the word and to the spirit of God. Somebody shout amen. So God's given us new clothes. New clothes. He'll give you a new attitude. And when you put off the old man and put on the new man, you talk about having a new atmosphere. It's time for some of you today to put off the old and put on the new. What do you say you and I get dressed up in the power of God? What do you say we get dressed up in the glory of God? He wants to dress us up in righteousness, in glory, and in honor. And let Jesus be glorified in our lives. Woo, hallelujah. You see, the Bible says that you and I have literally been crowned with glory and honor. He made us just a little lower than the angels, but he didn't stop there. He crowned us with glory and with honor. In other words, our entire life is to be clothed or crowned with the very goodness and glory of God, exuding His presence in our lives and experiencing days, come on, of heaven upon the earth. God wants us to change clothes. You are not who you used to be. Stop acting like it. You are not who you used to be. Stop thinking like it. You are not who you used to be. Stop talking like it. You are not who you used to be. You are now a child of the Most High God. Listen, folks, you are royalty. And in the family of God, there are no people that are not royalty. You are, in fact, a king and a priest unto God. And along with you, take him taking you out of darkness and putting you into his royal family, he's put and made available to you the royal robes of righteousness. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I am the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what Roman tells us to do. In Romans 13 and verse 14, he says, But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fill it in the lusts thereof. How many of you know when we wear Jesus, we look a lot better wearing Him? I mean, you're talking about designer clothes right there. You got Jesus in you. You got Jesus on you. Glory to God. And so he says... Here's what I want you to do. Put him on. And when you put him on, his presence will be so prevalent in your life that you will then be in position not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How many of you know the flesh cries out? The body cries out. The mind cries out. But when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you become enveloped with his presence. And you know what happens to lust? And you know what happens to the enemy when you're clothed with the presence of God? The Bible says they will fall and they will perish at the presence of God. I am sure of this very thing. The more cognizant we are and the where we are of his presence in our life, the less foothold the enemy will have in our life. Are you listening to me? And that's why the scripture says, don't allow the enemy one inch. Give him no place. Instead of giving the enemy place, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Hallelujah. Now there's something very beautiful about these clothes that we are to put on. They were very expensive. It cost the blood of Jesus to purchase these clothes but here's the thing if we're going to put them on he must have our cooperation he's not going to make you put on the garment of praise he's not going to make you put on the robe of righteousness I remember as a little catholic boy going to catholic schools I detested wearing uniforms I mean they had these ugly corduroy pants blue shirts and red ties you talk about looking funky I did not want to look funky. I wanted to impress the girls at at grade school. And my mom would would, would try to get me to wear those. And then, you know, back there, right down this time of year, you might have two, three feet of snow. So you had to put snow boots on. I mean, I look like an idiot going to school. So I wasn't cooperating with my mother. But, you know, mom's win. Well, God is not going to force you to put his clothes on. He expects our cooperation. He expects us to say, Okay, this belongs to me. Okay, in this closet is the robe of righteousness. I'm going to go to the closet. I'm going to put that on. And I'm going to do it willfully. And I'm going to do it cheerfully. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe you with a change of raiment. Notice that phrase I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. So it is the will of God for us to have new clothes. The clothing is available. Now, the amplified version of that one phrase says this, I will clothe you with rich apparel. What other kind of clothing would a king clothe his sons with? He said, I will clothe you with rich apparel or with rich clothing. Now, here's some different kinds of clothes the Bible says we're to put on. Number one, we're to put on the robe of righteousness. Number two, we are to put on the garment of what? Praise. The garment of praise. Now, Isaiah 61, verse 3. And what translation was that that you like so much on the garment of praise? Amplified version. Let's pull that out there. I want us to read that and feed on this just for a moment. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting fed good this morning. Hallelujah, anyhow. Isaiah 61, and notice with me verse 3 in the Amplified Version, When we'll wait for it. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. See, when you put off the old man, our days of mourning, our days of groaning, and our days of complaining are over with. Now, that does not mean that you will not be tempted in those regards. And it's certainly by no means that you're not going to have any tests, temptations, and trials. But what it does mean is this. Here's what I will give you for your mourning. I will turn your mourning into dancing. I will turn your sorrow, come on somebody, into joy. He says, to give them, and that's you, an ornament a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. Aren't you so very glad that before Christ, even though we were in the ash heap, that Jesus came along to the ash heap, to the junk heap, and he took our ashes and he turned our ashes into beauty. Hallelujah. He gives you beauty for ashes. That's how he sees you. That's how we must see ourselves. And he said, I will give you the oil of joy instead of mourning. Read the rest with me. The garment of expressive praise instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent. Hallelujah. So the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, And I like how the Amplified says that expressive praise. Now, did you notice when Pastor Tom and the group started singing that song, Hallelujah Anyhow? And then we all started going, Hallelujah Anyhow. Hallelujah Anyhow. I noticed. Now, I I watch you. I'm very observant. And, and, And I noticed at the beginning, some of you are thinking, what is this? But then the more we sang it, Hallelujah, anyhow. There came a lifting. There came a shifting. Some of you were frowning, but the more you sang it, you started smiling. And that's what happens. The atmosphere, I'm telling you, will shift in your home. It will shift in your car. It will shift on the job. It certainly will shift in the church. As we... Put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we are to put on the Holy Spirit. He told them, I want you to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. How many of you know God's got some glory clothes for us? So as we get in the presence of God, and we're wearing the glory of God our countenance change our consciousness is saying I'm wearing the glory of God today and then what we need to do is walk like we have the honor of God and walk like we have the goodness of God in our life then how many of you know in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5 it tells us that we are to be clothed with humility it gets quiet when you talk about humility so he says, well, I don't have any pride in my life. Well, there we go. You just gave yourself away. But the scripture says here, Yea, all of you be subject to one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. And what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. You see, God likes to dress his people up. It comes by the renewing of the mind, but it also comes by what you say consistently in line with the Word of God. And so we had that exhortation earlier in the service, so we don't need to go into it in depth because you are such a quick, sharp, bright, very rich group of people. But let me remind you of this. It's important you say what He said. And you acknowledge it. In Philemon verse 6, look at this great verse of Scripture. He says that the communication of your faith... Everyone say, my faith. faith. He says that the communication of my faith may become divinely energized or effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in me in Christ Jesus. So that's faith's confession. It's taking what God said, believing it, and speaking it. So this mind renewal... And then aligning ourselves with faith-filled words then enables us to put off the old man and put on the new man and it causes a shifting in the atmosphere of our lives. How many of you have ever been to a restaurant where they looked at you and said, I'm sorry, we can't serve you? Now, it's not like that so much today. But many, many years ago, you could not get into certain fine dining restaurants if you were a male without a coat and a tie. You know, it was just the proper protocol for eating in that restaurant. I can't think of any place like that today. There may be a few around. But then sometimes, you know, you just go to a, you know, a medium restaurant and you'll see this sign at the door. No shirt, no shoes, no servants. In other words, if you ain't got a shirt on, adios. If you don't have shoes on, you need to go to the car, go home and get some shoes. If you want to be served, you've got to have a shirt on. If you want to be served in this place, you have to have shoes on. In other words, what they're telling us is this, proper attire is required. Listen to this very carefully. I believe God's got some great things for you. And I believe that He's got some great things for me. Yeah. We are in, I believe, the year of the greater. Yeah. Greater things. Better things. Yeah. We are literally going from faith to... Faith. We're going from strength to... Strength. And we're going from glory to... Glory. glory to glory. I believe that with all of my heart. Yeah. And I pray that for you. And I pray that for me. I believe that God wants us to come up to another level in our lives, to another level in our relationships, to another level in the move of God in this church. I even believe this, that God wants us to come up to another level financially in this church. He wants us to go from the land of just enough to having more than enough. That's God's will for you individually, and that is God's will for the church corporately. Say with me, more than, more than enough. Now, I... I don't know of one person in this auditorium today that doesn't want to go higher. I don't know of one person that could honestly say today, I'm just satisfied with where I'm at. I know God's done some good things for me. I just don't think there's any more. No, God is the God of more. I'm going to say it again. God is the God of not only more, but he's the God of much, much more. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean more joy. I mean more peace. I mean greater grace. He's the God of more. He wants us to reach more here. He wants us to do more here. He wants us to be led more by His Spirit in this place. He wants the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must be convinced that He's got more for us. Now, I know sometimes we can be discouraged. And I know sometimes we can be despondent. And I know sometimes that life is a a contact sport, if you will. And by what a contact sport, I mean football's a contact sport. I mean the defensive linemen today against the Packers, they're going to submerge. Oh, yeah, there's going to be some contact, all right. But in life, it's contact. Sometimes we get hit. Sometimes we get insulted. Sometimes we get spit on. But don't let what has happened to you or what is happening to you define you. You are not defined by your circumstance. You are defined by the Lord Jesus Christ. You are defined by what the Word says about you. Somebody said, well, man, last week was a hard week. Well, I got good news for you. It's a new week. It's a new day. You see, put off the despondency of the past. Put off the hurt of the past and put on the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Have a positive, faith-filled atmosphere and attitude that today is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and you know, I'm going to be glad in it. So we never want to minimize what people have been through or what people have gone through. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us in spite of where we're at. But the good news is this. He's not going to leave us where we're at. He's going to bring us through. He's going to bring us up into the land of more than enough, into the land of more joy, more grace, more peace, more health, more money, more, more, more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. Oh, so much more. So much more, Lord. More, 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 more now here's the truth he cannot give all of his children access to more or to certain places in the spirit or to certain places in the harvest until they get those old clothes off God says I want to bless you I want to do more for your life. I want to do the exceeding, abundantly, above you can dare ask or think. But I can't let you in dressed like that. Heaven has a dress code. Heaven has a dress code for more heaven hands us down clothing from glory somebody says I need to have hand downs wear hand downs I'm not talking naturally I'm talking about handed down from the king of glory say it with me new attitude new life New clothes, new clothes. New year. New, year. new atmosphere. New, atmosphere. New, me. new me. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying all of us. And I'm not here to judge anybody. If I point my finger at you, i got three pointing at me. But here's what we need to do. We need to get rid of that old thinking. We need to get rid and put off those old attitudes. And put on some new clothes. Put on the new man. Forget what you used to be. Forget what's happened to you. And walk in the reality of your redemption. Somebody said, well, I'm just waiting on God to do something about my situation. Oh God, oh God. And I'm not belittling that and I'm not mocking that. But when we say, Oh God, oh God, do this, do that. We may just hear, I've already done something about it 2,000 years ago. The closet is full. Go on in there and take what you need. I saw some things as I was preparing today. And it's so good that I just want to share it with you just for a few more minutes. So vital. We do not want access to the more of God denied in our lives I'm pretty limber I can still do that ha 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 no arthritis shall befall these bones ha ha ha, ha. just keep stretching keep moving keep running keep doing what you gotta do keep lifting keep praising Keep taking your supplements. Do what you gotta do. Hallelujah. Take care of your temple. It's the only temple you've got. Feed it right. Rest it right. Do right by your temple. And your temple will do right by you. Because the Lord is for your body. Hallelujah. That came right out of my spirit. Now. Here's what I saw. God's given every one of us the measure of faith, right? At the new birth. And with the measure of faith, we are then to access grace. You see, with my faith, I can access the grace of healing. Healing is a grace. With your faith, you can access the uh, more of God in your life. Greater grace, greater things. But here's what I saw. If I'm going to access greater grace, if we're going to access greater grace and enter into the land of more for our lives, we must make sure that our faith is in the kind of shape it needs to be to access the grace. Faith is a muscle. It needs to be developed. It needs to be used. Roy Hicks said many years ago, faith, use it or lose it. It's not that we ever lose faith, but sometimes we allow our faith to become stagnant. And it's kind of like we don't have have it, but it's there. So we've got to cultivate a lifestyle of faith, living by it, walking by it, talking by it, The just should live by faith. But one of the key components for my faith to work and your faith to work is the love of God. See, we are to put on love. Put off bitterness, put off strife, and put on love. Love is the bond of perfectness. When I'm walking in love, and Steve's walking in love, and we're walking in love, it is a sign of spiritual maturity. When they're spitting on you, when they're insulting you, and they're talking bad about you, and you go talk to God about them on your knees, that's spiritual maturity. When you're putting your flesh under, when your flesh would just soon do what you know what I'm talking about. You're walking in love. Now listen to this revelation. In order for my faith to work and your faith to work, I have to make sure that I'm walking in love. I cannot afford the luxury of being out of sorts with you. You may choose to be out of sorts with me, but I'll never be out of sorts with you. You may choose to talk about me, but I'll never talk badly about you. You see, walking in love is a choice. Now in Galatians, the fifth chapter and the sixth verse, are you all still here? Galatians chapter five and verse six. I want to make this palatable, but I want you to go home with something. In Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision availeth anything. But notice this phrase, but faith which worketh. How's your faith going to work? In other words, faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. Faith will not work in a strife-filled, bitter heart. But faith that will access greater grace must function and operate out of the love of God. So if my faith is not working in an area, this is one of the gates I'm going to check. Do I have aught in my heart against someone? If Brenda and I have had, uh, you know, a a little argument, which she always wins. (laughs) Because she's right all the time. Do I have aught in my heart? You see, faith's got to work by love. Amen. So I don't know, maybe you need to make that adjustment today. Maybe you need to put some bitterness off. Maybe you need to put some unforgiveness off and put on love. Here's the other thing I saw. Two more things very quickly. How many of you know that there's a robe called righteousness? But many of God's people haven't put it on because they feel so poorly about themselves. And instead of having the robe of righteousness and going into the very presence of God and praying effectually and making powerful prayers available, dynamic in its working, they're robed with condemnation. Oh my. Okay. See, God's got greater grace for this nation. Come on. He's got greater grace for your home. But we cannot afford ourselves our prayer life to be crippled because of condemnation. Yeah. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is the confidence killer, but righteousness is the confidence builder. And so the more aware you are of your right standing with God, and the more aware of you are that you can go into the presence of God without a sense of guilt, inferiority, or anything of the past, the more you are aware of that, the more confident you're going to become and the more prayers your prayers are going to be effective. And then lastly, listen to this one. Everyone say, be clothed, be clothed. With, humility. with humility. For God resists, God resists. The, proud. the proud. So pride then will block me and block you from accessing greater grace. Let me just ask you, does God have greater grace for you? Yes. You, you just read John one sixteen sometime in the Amplified. He's got heap upon heap, layer upon layer. He's got grace upon grace for you. He's got grace for us. We've yet to access. Greater grace. But pride blocks that so if I'm going to be exalted like the scripture says I must humble myself under the mighty hand of God see when we're talking about humility we're not talking about a false humility we're not talking about a degradation degradation of ourselves we're not talking about putting ourselves down we're talking about lifting up Jesus in our life you see Whatever God's done for you and whatever God does for you, it's Him. It's not you. I've just come to the realization a while ago, if my preaching was good, it was God. If it was bad, it was me. If your performance on the job was bad, it was you. If your performance on the job, it was good, it was God. So here's a big key. Whatever God has done and whatever God is doing in our lives, make sure that He and He alone gets all the glory, gets all the praise, all the honor. And then, you know, that doesn't mean you have to be religious. You know, someone may say to me, you know, Pastor Mark, that was a a great sermon. I'll say thank you. But in my spirit, I'll be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Because I realize without Him, I can't do anything. Without Him, we can't get up in the morning. But thank God we're not without Him. And it's in Him we are living, in Him we are moving. And it's Him we're having our being. So let's pray right now. Your attitude can change the very atmosphere of your life.